When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I'm not doing an intro today because Canada has won a bronze medal at the FIBA World Cup in maybe the most exciting game we've ever I've ever seen, at least uh, in for Canada. And I, it, it definitely topped the Spain game somehow. Uh, this is the Weekend Ball podcast. Uh, I don't know how to how to do this right now. I'm I'm on cloud nine, but I'm joined by Adam Iafredi or Crates of Freights on Twitter and uh, Raptors Republic's own uh, Jonathan Chen, who everyone should check out his work. He already wrote a post game of this game, and we're what fifteen minutes or twenty minutes after the game. So Jonathan has the best work. Uh, let's dive into it, Adam. I know you're you were on pins and needles. Just how are you feeling right now? <laughs> we just we just watched Dylan Brooks drop forty on the U.S. in a in a medal game. Like oh, thirty nine, but who's who's counting? I wanted um, 40, was, man. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping they would foul him one more time just to give him a chance at 40 because it just it just sounds better. I'm still gonna say it was 40 because I mean it might as well it might it might as well have been. Um, I'm a little bit tired, so you got to excuse me. But that that fourth quarter was like if if the start of the game that Canada got out to was like your morning coffee, the, the fourth quarter was like snorting a line of coke. Like that was just <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> stuff. Um, and so, yeah, the words aren't coming out quite the way I would lo- like them to, but I'm, uh, wow, man, that was incredible to witness. And I'm so glad I woke up for it. Um, it, it, it felt like a gold medal game. Like just this, you know, you're playing against the U.S., the rivalry there. Canada hasn't been in the U.S. in basketball in a very, very long time. I think they said 2005. And I'm sure that team, the U.S. Um, it was like an America Cup, yeah. Was, was, yeah, an America Cup. Nobody sends anybody. So uh, this was this was the maybe the biggest ever a Canadian basketball game. Uh, you could argue the one against Spain that, that got them to the Olympics, but I mean, you could also make a really good case that winning a medal at a World Cup, this is the biggest game they've ever played, especially against the U.S. So it was just incredible. I don't even know where to begin. Like SGA was SGA. Dylan Brooks had the game of his life, uh, but the whole team stepped up. Like everyone had a role to play. Everyone pitched in. Melvin Edrum gave them good minutes. Like it was, it was really truly a dork came out the gate flying. It was everyone was making their shots. Um, the box score looks incredible. Like if you just go through, you're like, oh, everyone was kind of doing their thing. Um, and I guess that's what happens when you put up 130. <laughs> the U.S. don't play a lot of defense, but they can score with anybody. And it felt like Canada could never really pull away. Um, and then you know we have the emotional roller coaster at the buzzer, and the resilience to be able to come back in overtime and and, and overcome that was just incredible stuff. So I'll, I'll let Jonathan talk a bit because uh, I could probably go on forever, but that was like that was one of the greatest games I've watched in my life. Yeah, no, I mean, totally agreed. I think when SGA, when the game was kind of slipping away in the fourth, um, especially with the comeback from the U.S., bef- even before like the the Mikhail Bridges like corner three, you know, I was getting a little anxious. Um, like, oh no, here we go again. Because I think the the America Cup game that we played last summer, mm-hmm. um, the bronze medal game, it was kind of a similar story where the Canadian team now obviously wasn't as talented and same thing with the American team, but like we were kind of like leading almost all game. And then that third or fourth quarter, we kind of just like let go of the lead and then the USA kind of never looked back. So, you know, I was getting flashbacks there and then 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the the first SGA shot from the mid range, like that little step back, fadeaway, um, kind of going away from the double. That should have been it. Like I had the tweet, but like that should have been it. That should have been it. That should have been the moment. But then, and but then had so many. But then we got that step back three where oh, with yeah. the bridges That's and Reeves fell yeah. down. I, I and that yep. was just amazing. And yeah. I don't know, like you guys are obviously big Raptors fans. My comparison was having Kawhi in that 2019 run with Shea. Just you just never felt it was always gonna be a good shot, always gonna be a good look. There was this calmness, even when they they just started that overtime amazingly, and that was because of Shea. And once they went up, I think five early, I thought, okay, okay, we're not just falling apart like you always feel like and man apparently dylan brooks just for some stats i just saw on twitter has the most points ever in a medal winning game in the FIBA <laughs> world cup so uh dylan so brooks good. is just so a good. man of the people um he's gone from booze in manila to mvps that's happened in, in jakarta and hopefully that happens for him in uh maybe with uh, houston or something after he Maybe he gets to, uh, but uh, man, uh, Dylan Brooks, can we just like as good as Shea was, let's just talk about him. He started six of six from three taking <laughs> step backs. You're thinking, what is he looked? I can't, I don't know what a comp is because I've never seen any player play like that. Just the way right. he plays. And um, he was just phenomenal. I will say for his three point shooting, he did. And I've, I've said this on other shows. He was the best shooter in warm up for Canada, like in like practice and stuff. He would drain the most consistent amount of threes. Um, that doesn't always translate to the games, but it clearly did today. Six of six. It was uh, a whole tournament. It did the whole tournament. He shot fifty eight percent from three. Fifty eight percent from three. I don't know what the no, volume it, is. I'll double check now, but just on it's four four point two a game. Yeah, <laughs> like. That's just crazy. Um, and, and the one he missed today was like a late shot clock kind of, he wasn't balanced. He wasn't set. And he had to kind of heave it a little bit. Um, so it was, it was, a, it would have been a tough, like if you made that one, I mean, they might as well just ended the game. Right there. But, <laughs> seven uh, of eight. Yeah. So the other Dude. seven, he, the seven he was set for, he made all seven of them. And it, 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 he never looked like missing. No. Yeah. No. Do, do we think it's like just a hot stretch or is it like the closer line? Like what, what, do we think is the reason he's been unconscious? I think it's shot selection. I, I honestly, like, he did take some bad, or not bad, but, like, a couple step backs, but there were never, like, other than that heave that you mentioned that was really, like, he didn't really have a choice. He was essentially taking good sh- shots. Like, a lot of them were just wide open, right, from but, Shea. But also, Jonathan, to your point about the three-point line distance, a lot of his threes, the wing ones, he was taking, like, a foot and a half behind the three-point line. He was taking mm-hmm. them at NBA range. And he just, it was a confidence thing, I think. Um, his role is definitely a little smaller. I mean, not today. Today he took a lot of shots, but today he took all good shots. But I think the smaller role was, I think he kind of figured out who he is as a player, maybe a little bit through that experience in Memphis. Um, I think maybe part of him was a little bit humbled by it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I can stay in this league and be a really valuable player. I don't have to shoot quite as much. I don't have to necessarily have this, I think he loves the attention on the defensive end. Like he loves being a villain, but on the offensive end, I think he started to really um, get worn down by his reputation as being not a good shooter, an offensive, uh, you know, a sieve on offense, right? He's going to take bad shots. He's going to be a ball stopper. Like he was the most efficient player on this Canada team, other than SGA, the whole tournament, the whole tournament, taking great shots, Mm -hmm. getting to his spots. Um, Obviously catch and shoot situations are what you want him doing. But even when he had to attack closeouts, he was brilliant. 
Yeah, and and just to go off that, like it wasn't just threes. Like he, whoa, as my mic drops right in front of me. Um, it wasn't just threes. Like he made these amazing layups. He took those two fadeaway baseline shots to start the game, and then in overtime, like which, and he made those consistently throughout the tournament. I'd never seen Dylan Brooks make that on a consistent basis for Memphis. Like he, it felt like he had more in his bag than he's maybe had in in prior years, just with the step backs and. Sure, like he took as many shots as SGA in this game, but or a couple more, but um, still, or actually a couple I think less. Two less, two, two less, less yeah. yeah. But overall, just man. And then on the defensive end, right? He he was Canada's best defender throughout the tournament, other than foul mm-hmm. trouble, by far the best defender for Canada. You saw it in the overtime, like forcing, you know, I think it was Austin Reeves went up for a layup, and he kind of halted him and um just what a performance and i'm i i have a vote for top five in in the tournament and it's i don't know if i should take him over luca now like i don't it's it's (laughs) we're at that stage where it's like it's a real conversation right he won player of the game and canada wins a bronze right so we'll see how the gold medal goes but just to think imagine before this tournament you said okay canada's winning the bronze and the leading score is Dylan Brooks with 39 points. Do you think someone <laughs> yeah, was no on way. crack or something telling yeah. you? Like it just well, ball sack sports tweeted it. And, and I'm sure people, you know, that I think they, that was their whole stick is obviously they tweet a lot of fake stats, but it was a real stat. And I think they just, they didn't even say it. They're just like, yeah, he's up to 37 right now. And, and people were just responding as if it wasn't true, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable what he was able to do all tournament long. And he deserves the most credit. I'm so happy for him just with what, what happened in Memphis. I was so frustrated about how that situation was handled i think um memphis protected their stars they protected Ja. they protected jaron jackson uh who were not good in the playoffs for them and the easy scapegoat was dylan brooks the guy who was talking he's poking lebron who's you know he he was the easy he was the easy exit uh from that team and it was easy to just pin all the problems with that team on him their problems in Memphis are much deeper. And he actually, I think, was one of their solutions to those problems. But um, I'm happy now he's at a, a a Texas rival and hopefully he can do some damage for the rest of his career against the Grizzlies. But he certainly did his damage against the country of the U.S. today. Like, I think he took it out on a whole nation today. Um, and that was – I don't know if he'll play a better game in his career. Like, it's going to be tough to top that. As good of a player as he is. And the other thing I was going to say is, that, you know, I don't know how much college basketball you guys watch, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of Oregon Dylan Brooks. Like mm-hmm. he had to do a little bit more. Um, we, I, I'm not entirely like I, he has a bit of a bag. He had a bag in college that doesn't always translate to the NBA game when your roles change. But he could do some things on a basketball court. He's big and strong. He likes to get into the basket. He's acrobatic. He can finish with both hands. So that's stuff that I think he did at a high level at Oregon, and he showed a lot of that today. Like that, that player was always in there. But when he's confident, my God, he's not a guy you want to play against. And 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 Jonathan, just talk about SGA because I thought his playmaking really got better as the tournament went on. He he got 12 assists tonight and shot really efficiently. Just talk about SGA and just man, like he was so good in that overtime and that shot yeah. down the stretch where it should have been the, the clincher, but uh, the gods gave us a step back three where two guys fall down uh, on the U.S. So uh, all is forgiven, but. Jonathan, just talk about SGA and how awesome he was in this game and, and throughout the tournament. Yeah, sure. I think before that, I'm just going to go back to like the the Dylan Brooks point from uh, Adam because what it, rhym- it was like similar because what it reminded me of was like the 2021 playoffs. Um, so he had it was only five games, but he averaged uh, 25.8 points per game, 40% from three <laughs> on four attempts, 51% from the field goal. Um, and so I think it was like, 
I think that when it was against the Jazz too with Rudy Gobert, and I think that run or that first playoff run, um, I was like, whoa, okay, maybe we have a a really good player on our hands. And then like I think the rest of the time in the playoffs and his rest of his time in Memphis, he just couldn't score efficiently. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think this was the Shea Gilgis Alexander that people who paid attention to him in OKC saw mm-hmm. um, kind of like this offensive engine for Canada. Um, and like in one-on-one, he he's just, you just can't guard him. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, and I think the really interesting thing today for me was, I think it was a little concerning towards the, um, like kind of the the second half when the America they started playing like that shift defense that I talked about against um that Canada did against Luca where you know he's up at the top um like above the arc and before he even starts his move they're already coming over with a second person to double and then rotating at the back um and you know they were forcing the ball out of his hands and I think that stretch when America started coming back uh, the ball really didn't. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't Shea's hands at the beginning of the possession, but you know, the shots weren't coming from Shea and we saw like his ridiculous movement skills because I think there was a couple plays where he just, he saw the double coming and then he just went the other way. Um, and I think there was, there was like the, the travel that he was called for where he like decelerated in like one step and then jumped backwards. I don't know. Like it was a ridiculous <laughs> move and I wish it would count it because it, it like, it didn't look human. Like that little like kind of shuffle didn't look human. Um, But yeah, so I think the um, America tried, really tried to kind of force the ball out of his hands down the stretch. And thank God for Dylan Brooks, who was kind of like punching them with a kind of um, dribble penetration uh, off of those doubles. And, you know, that's what I kind of, you want to see kind of attacking with conviction. Um, But yeah, I think even with all those doubles, Shea was still able to, kind of slither to his spots, get to where he wanted to go. Um, and it's a sign of, um, you know, a truly elite player. Yeah, even double teams can't stop him. Adam, I, w- I want your reaction because Jordy Fernandez just said, and a friend of the show, Esper, he just tweeted this out. Jordy Fernandez said, this is what it looks like when you let Dylan Brooks play. Yeah, man, I love it. Oh, I <laughs> he's want, not, I he's want not getting a coaching job in Memphis, right that's now. for sure. Sorry, I, I want him parading around Mississauga with that with that bronze uh, medal. It's I, this should be his victory lap the whole season. Um, you know what? Because I've never seen a player be disrespected the way he was, like a public. Can I just interrupt you? This is yeah. uh, Dylan Brooks. T- what he says to the haters: I appreciate you from the beginning. Everyone that was throwing <laughs> shots on Twitter and Instagram watching me play, but it just helps me get better each day and every day. It motivates me to get better. That's. Esper Heaney on on Dylan Brooks, so just uh, for the haters, man. I lo- no, I love it. Then that's the approach you got to take. But like I said, I, I'd never seen that. That was that was a first for me. It was to have to basically shoot one of your own teammates, like to 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 have him take the bullet for the team. Um, and 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 it's like first of all, if you're Memphis, just backtrack for a second. If you're depending on your fourth best, fourth or fifth best player to you know to be the guy that decides whether you win or lose a playoff series. Your team, you know, you're probably more flawed than you think, uh, especially when two of your top three were no-shows uh, in the playoffs. So the whole idea that I still can't believe it happened, well, you know, under no circumstances will bring him back. I, that's It's the dumbest thing in the world. But you know what? There's obviously a very good player in there, and this FIBA event showed that to the world in case anybody was wondering. 
Um, but his 80 plus million dollar contract for Houston should have been a good indication that people who understand the sport understand he's a good player and he has a lot of value winning basketball. So, and culture setting, which I think he was huge for in this Canada team. You saw in a lot of the timeouts and huddles, he's talking to guys about, Hey, you know, stay on his hip. Hey, do the, Hey, you know, this is what they're trying to do. Like that sort of stuff, especially for a young team like Houston, it's going to be invaluable. Um, but he was brilliant all, all game long. And then I wanted to just touch on SGA for one second because he was being double teamed the entire second half. Not even so much double. Like it was like whenever he, he made a movement towards the basket, they were showing the double team and he knew it was going to come. And if he actually continued his drive, then he fully would have been double teamed. He's a willing passer. He was doing all the right things on the basketball court. He's cerebral out there. Like you can't, you can't speed him up cancel him down he's going to go at the exact pace he wants to go at he's going to find the open man when he's there and when you don't double team him he's just going to score on you it's the most it's beautiful to watch Shea Gilgis Alexander play basketball there are very few players in the NBA who are one man offensive engines they can carry an entire offense by themselves you put four anybody's around them and the offense is going to be good uh, I put Luca in that category I actually think Shea might be better at that I think Luca's a better passer but I think Luca also has a little bit less feel for when it's his time. And like Luca, I think needs to get his Shea could have shot three shots tonight and he would have been totally content with it. Um, Cause he'll, and he'll just make the right play 100 times a game. And I, I love that about him. And then he ends up still getting 31 cause he's just that good, but 12 assists, one turnover. Like, are you kidding me being double the entire game? 12 assists, one turnover. Oh my God. He might've hit another gear. He was first team all NBA. I think we got to be talking about him as a potential league MVP next season. I totally agree, and 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 with the Luca Shea comparison, that's been basically one of the like the the comparison everyone's been talking about. Obviously, ahead of that Slovenia game, and I thought he was better in that game. Like he has my MVP vote just because I think those were the two best players at this tournament. Uh, you know, as good as Serbia and Germany have been, they've been less of a one man wrecking crew as as Canada and Slovenia, and. Man, just the like the passing, right? Like when you think about those two players, you think, well, Luca is the better passer, and and sure, I think in the grand scheme of things, he is. But a lot of times, with the best players in the world, especially in the NBA, when they make that next step, it's because of their playmaking, right? You think of Giannis, you think obviously Joe Jokic doesn't really need to work on that, but um, just those types of players, Jason Tatum, maybe that's something that's holding him back is just he's not the greatest playmaker, and to see. SGA really elevate his passing. He averaged almost six and a half assists this tournament. Like that's a lot. And in the bigger games, he was a much, much better passer. And um, it's going to be interesting to see, because I think going into the NBA season, what is he top three or four MVP candidates, especially with this OKC team that looks to make, I think they're going to be a playoff team for sure. And and maybe they win 50, 52 games um, if their young core comes together. But uh yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I think I think I still probably lean towards Luca a little more. What about um, the defense? Because yeah, I'm I not mean, the SGA is great, but he at least yeah, tried. I think I think Shea's defense is a lot of it. There's a lot left on the plate where he could be a little better, especially like with his closeouts and kind of his defensive focus. I think a lot of times, um, but like his hands and his length. They just kind of make up because he can he can get beat a lot, but he'll just reach around you and poke it from behind or, you know, on the gather, he'll like strip it. Um, so I think I think I think I still probably lean towards Luca being a slightly better player right now. 
Um, cause I think Shay, you know, he is getting better as a playmaker right now, especially with like some of the passing reads, but I think, I think there's just a different level of like anticipation right now, which is not a bad thing. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing that, you know, he can't anticipate like three rotations ahead, which is fine because like he has something that Luca doesn't, which is like ridiculous ankle flexibility and he, he can just drive and take these weird angles and then just get to the rim. Um, but yeah, so I probably still lean Luca at this moment in time. But I mean, the fact that he's in the conversation, that's just an incredible, incredible, incredible achievement. And the fact that Canada has a player like that um, is absolutely ridiculous. And I think, you know, I was just looking at, not, not to victory lap or anything, but I was just looking at my Twitter, um, <laughs> talking about like some MVP stuff. Um and I have something, or I have a tweet. And I definitely have tweets earlier because I wasn't the first one on this. Shout out to Samson um, mm -hmm. and Hoop Goose. Um, but I think we've definitely been kind of driving this agenda that Shea's going to be an MVP type player. Um, and I think, I mean, the tweet I have from here is 20, February 28, 2022, which is not even that early. But mm -hmm. I think, I think, I think the fact that he's just developed into the player that we all thought he could be. Um, it's a great, it's a great thing for Canada, and the fact that he's committing to Canada and playing in all of these games, I think that just means um so much more to the national yeah. team. Yeah, no, let I, I want to go from that just to RJ Barrett because he had this game was just a microcosm of who he is as a player. <laughs> he had these amazing moments, went four of eight from three, and you're thinking. I think there was one where they were up two, I believe, or maybe they were down two, and he made this like three pointer, like just. And I'm thinking, don't shoot that, don't shoot that swish. Um, and then he had all these turnovers in transition where you're thinking, just slow it down. You there's or going into three guys in the paint and hoping to get a foul, and it's FIBA. He's not getting anything. Um, uh, but then he made that big three at the end of the game, or at the end of overtime, that really clinched the game for Canada. What do you make of his? performance throughout this tournament i i mean i'm still a bit lower on him than i maybe was after the the, the friendlies uh but just what do you what adam what do you think of kind of his his game in, in this tournament and especially just stepping up today because he did have 23 points i think we got the full rj experience as you said um for for me the next level is going to be the ball handling and decision making right now he is a true wing and a bigger wing at that in the sense that you don't really want him dribbling the ball unless he's attacking a closeout um and that's just about the only time that he, he can be productive with the ball in his hand because when when he's forced to create for himself the handle is just not tight enough the jump shot's just not smooth enough um and yeah he's a bit of a turnover machine when he drives because he's very left-handed centric and teams, especially teams that understand him and know his game. And in the NBA, the scouting reports, everyone's got the scouting report on you. Um, they'll take away his left hand and, and he's, he's a far less efficient finisher going to, towards his right. And even when he does go right, he's still trying to finish with his left. So it's stuff that he needs to work on. I think the issue with him is he can actually be a really, really, really productive 15, 16 point per game scorer, take pride in the defensive end, like he can find a lot of value in the NBA if he just became a guy. Yeah, I'm going to take a tough assignment. I'm six seven and strong, and like you know, built strong. I can rebound. I can take a, a nice physical. You know, I could guard one of the team's best players, 
And then on the offensive end, I'm just going to hit corner threes and attack closeouts, be a smart cutter, like score 16 points a game that way. And he'll be a super efficient and productive NBA player, valuable one. I think where the issue with RJ is, is he has the weight of being this basketball prodigy and, you know, he's being groomed by Steve Nash and he's projected number one overall pick before Zion and Josh sort of leaped him, but still a third overall pick. And the guy who had the weight of New York on his shoulders. And, and I think he feels a lot of that having to be more than what he currently is. Um, sometimes you see the shot selection come and go for those reasons. Cause I think he tries to, he wants to be the guy like you could tell, and he has the mentality to be the guy, but I, I don't know if right now his skill matches that mentality. Like I said, it's the same things that plagued him two years ago. It's the it's the, the wing so dominant with one hand. It's the ball handling and it's the decision making, right? Just knowing when he wants to always attack, which is great. You want that tenacity, but there's sometimes when he's going into a crowded paint with two defenders there. One of them's Walker Kessler, and you're like, RJ, this is not going to end well, right? This is a time where you slow it down, you give it to SGA, and you let him make a good decision, like he's been doing the entire tournament. Um, so so yeah, like I said, full experience. Um, He's his own worst victim sometimes. I thought he had overall really positive tournament, but it, it, if you watch the Knicks at all, like you you see the same player. He was the exact same player that you get with the Knicks as he is in FIBA. So um, John, the good and the bad. Jonathan, what do you make of the the two leading uh, uh, the players with the highest shooting percentage or true shooting percentage at right now in this tournament, barring the the, the finals? You want to guess what uh, Dylan Brooks's true shooting percentage is? <laughs> in this tournament oh it's gotta be like 60 something plus yeah it's it's in the 70s it's 76 percent 76 percent that's what shea is he's second in the tournament or actually jv's slightly ahead of him but um do you want to guess shea's 67 68 wow you got it 67 percent. so um just phenomenal play by those guys and true shooting can really be a, a big man, kind of like that's why Jokic is so good at it because he shoots threes and is so good around the paint. But seventy six percent by by Dylan Brooks. Thanks to to shout out to Blake Murphy, who's uh, the best. But um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree on the RJ Barrett. Um, what do you guys make of like a Linux tournament? Because I thought he really stepped up in this game when he's really been poor since the first round, but uh, he made a couple big shots. Dwight Powell was nursing a back injury having the the what's it called the like the the back brace all game and then on the yeah, bench yeah. and um what just wow i'd say I'll, I'll i'll change this a bit what what do you think this means for basketball in this country and going into the olympics like for uh, adam what, what do you make of this just historic historic tournament and and as dylan brooks says uh, i want gold in uh in paris yeah, it's huge. It's huge. A uh, first medal, it's we're off the ground. You know, we got uh, the the monkey off our back, so to speak. Um, and now it's all now it's going to be about expectations. Like now there's going to be expectations on this program. This is the best team we've ever sent to an international competition. It's probably not even that close. Um, and it's going to be better in Paris, I would imagine. I, I'm expecting that Jamal Murray would be there and anybody else I think would be gravy. I'm, I'm really hoping they can add you know, a Wiggins because I think they could have sorely used his his defense his three-point shooting everything that he's really become in the nba uh, his athleticism i think he's even an even better fiba player so wh- what do i make of it I, I think i think it's it's a statement to the world for so long we've been seeing these first rounders every single year coming out of canada into the nba and we were wondering i was always wondering like when's this going to translate to success to real success we have a u19 gold medal that was fantastic when's it going to 
translate to success on the senior level. And this is the first time really uh, we can say that it has in a very, very, very long time. And going back to the Olympics is another big barometer of success. Only 12 teams make it. We will be among them. We'll be playing the best basketball nations in the world um, with probably something that's closer to our best team uh, and certainly the best team we've ever sent to a competition at that time it will be. So uh, this is huge. Just the fact that we're going to get to see that team play is, is yeah. huge for people in this country. Yeah, no, and, and also just on the talk about who's going to be there, Jordy Fernandez after the game, uh, thanks to Oren Weisfeld, says, we believe, I don't know who will all these guys will be in uh, at the Olympics. Obviously, guys who played here have the number one ticket, says, believe, we believe in loyalty, but guys can come and fight for a spot. So pretty non-committal. Yeah. Um, I'd ima- if I had to guess, obviously, Murray is is on the on, on the plane if he wants to be. Obviously, he was part of the, even though he never played. Uh, he technically committed, um, whatever that means. Um, and uh, and then I think Andrew Wiggins is probably, uh, I'd imagine, is going to ask. And uh, if I were was Canada, I would say yes to him. Um, I'm I'm not a firm believer of having guys like Ben Matherin or Shaden Sharp on the roster just because I don't really see how they work in FIBA. Um, and they're such young players. Maybe Andrew, I, I think Andrew Nemard would make a lot of sense. People don't know he was actually there in 2019. People might forget um, he's been he's played a lot of FIBA, not recently. But um, as you said, like Jonathan, just what does it mean to you personally, Jonathan? You've covered this team for so long for Raptors Republic and now they're a medalist and and made the semis and going to Olympics. Um, I'm sure that's good for, for your own like yeah. career <laughs> and everything. But how do you feel right now? Yeah, honestly, there's there's like no words. I think we saw the seeds of like what was going to happen with, you know, the France blowout win. And at that point, that was like the highest I've ever been watching Canada basketball. And then, you know, making it to the Olympics and beating Spain, that was the highest point. And then now beating, like actually winning a medal at the World Cup. Um, there's just no words. And I think, like Adam said, you know, the 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 program has like established itself with this World Cup run. And I think, you know, at this point, you know, people like for like we've we struggled with commitment in the past, um, especially I mean, for the Olympics, I don't think that'll be an issue. I think people will want to play at the Olympics, especially given that, you know, in Canada, the Olympics are seen as kind of like the more prestigious event, which I know is, you know, wit doesn't like that. And I think I agree. I think the World Cup should be a little bigger. Um, but yeah, I think it's like it's honestly I, th- I hope it's a it's a change in the program. Um, I know, you know, in the, the, the kind of junior events. We kind of have usually a strong team, um, maybe not always winning medals. Like I think twenty this year, the U nineteen World Cup. Yeah, they won in twenty one. In twenty twenty one, they got bronze, right? Yeah, 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 with uh, Ben Matherin, Neymar, yeah, Caleb Houston. Um, But yeah, I mean, like I think it's a long time coming, and yeah, shout out to you know Rowan Barrett for putting the team together, getting the commitment. yeah, I think it's it's good that I think I, I saw a lot of more interest in Canada basketball um, and, over this World Cup stretch. So I think that's always important. And, it's always good. And we shouldn't put kind of to, like like they ended off beating the Americans like the next three, four days. Everyone's going to say Canada yeah. beat the U.S. Right. And, <laughs> and obviously it wasn't in the gold medal game. That would have been obviously even sweeter. But the fact that they ended off and they didn't just win bronze, but they beat the Americans in this amazing game. Obviously, it was way too early in the morning but everyone's going to see the headline canada beats usa in basketball and people are going to say whoa like what 
what we beat the americans we're like there's still so many people that don't know this is happening they don't know who's on the team it's all early mornings but that's going to take a lot of notice and and not just winning the bronze but the way they did it against who they did it against um just going to be crazy and i mean i heard i saw windhorse um talk about how they're thinking maybe next summer of playing the usa in vegas and then in toronto um i'm gonna like try to get exhibition games right yeah exhibition games okay. i'm definitely getting my media credentials to go to that canada that's, that's USA cool. game in toronto yeah. if that happens but On just imagine ground. how much excitement that would be ahead yeah. of the olympics right um and you talk about jamal murray andrew wiggins like canada's gonna have a really really good roster they could win gold right um, even if the States brings their their A team, right? They barely beat France last time, and France wouldn't have the talent. They'd obviously have the chemistry um, that Canada may lack. But guess what? Um, I'd imagine all seven NBA players will be back on this team next year, barring injury. Um, I believe all their contractual statuses, other than I'm not sure about Olenek and Powell, but all the young guys like Barrett, SGA, um, Dort, Brooks, of course, um, Nikhil, I think signed a two-year deal, but most of them are locked in and obviously SGA and, and Brooks and RJR, who's really like the, the core of this team. So um, it's going to be just a phenomenal wave coming next summer. And um, obviously the Olympics, uh, there's a lot of things going on, but as Mike Bartlett said, he wanted, he t- he wanted to tell, uh, the COC or like the Canadian Olympic committee that the Olympics was like the basketball Olympics or something like that. I'm, I'm misphrasing, but just that Canada basketball will be at the forefront and hopefully the women are there as well. But um, just what, what an accomplishment also for rankings, it's going to help. They beat the number one, two, five um, in the world. I'm, I don't know what's, I think Slovenia was like seven. So like they, they were six or seven. I think yeah. Serbia was six. And anyways, okay. they're going to jump up in the rankings. That's going to help for the seeding. In a lot of ways, the Olympics is easier to maybe get to quarters and then you have a chance. Yeah. No. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I want to touch I just, on one thing you said. Sorry, I'll, Jonathan, you can go first. I, don't know, I was just going to say, I, I saw, um, I just looked at the contract status. So Powell does have a contract for next year. Okay. Um, but like Olympic 20, doesn't. Like 24, 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he has a sorry. Yeah, I should have rephrased. Yeah, he has a contract for twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, and Olenek is a free agent. But I I doubt Olenek is not gonna play. Like, there's no yeah. way he's not gonna play. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, especially uh, at that stage in his career, I think that like he's he's he's, he's made his out. money. Yeah, and he's also he's also like one of the few guys that's always there, barring that it one uh, you know barring injury, which that last time he missed was because of injury. He's he's pretty much always there. Um, I, I wanted to touch on one thing because it's fun. It's funny because so you know I, I, I cover a lot of the Canadian men's national team on the soccer end, uh, and this feels very similar in that the goal was to sort of capture the imagination of the country and sort of let people even know that the games were happening, and it doesn't happen until I remember Herdman would say like to do that we have to beat the USA's of the world, we have to beat Mexico, we have to beat teams that we traditionally don't beat that we've never beat, and then they did that. And they went and they beat the U.S. and they beat Mexico. And then all of a sudden, everyone was talking about them, right? Because those are the types of teams. It's great to go beat, you know, in El Salvador or in Canada's case in this tournament. It's great to go run up, you know, win by 55 against Lebanon. But when you're going and you're beating France and you're beating Spain and you're beating the U.S., that's a different tier. People in this country understand those are powerhouses, especially the U.S. And uh, it didn't matter who they sent because that's still a team of, 
And people will say, oh, it's not their best team. It's a team that they, they sent thinking was going to win. They don't send teams to these tournaments that they don't think can win. Uh, every single player on that team was either uh, an all-star, an all-star caliber player, or a really, really high-level role player in the NBA, by NBA standards. They have more talent on paper than any team, and it's not particularly close. So to, de- to downplay this achievement because of who was there, I-, I wouldn't. And I think Canadians understand how big of an accomplishment this really is. And in terms of just capturing the imagination of a country, in terms of advertising revenue, when we talk about TV rights, when they're renewing with Sportsnet, like all this stuff is very important. Uh, when you win and you get eyeballs, and people are watching your games. And I know the time was kind of weird for this, but in the Olympics, it won't be. And there will be viewership and it will be very high. And so this sort of stuff, when you're building a program and you're talking about longevity and you're talking about funding, we see like th- this is the key stuff is, is these statement wins that get everyone on board and everyone's aware it's happening now. And the turnout's going to be great for viewership in the Olympics. Uh, and that's probably going to, you know, uh, relay itself to the players who are going to have more interest in participating in future events because they see the interest. It's a bigger deal, right? So it just, now you create this awesome avalanche, like this snowball. It just, you know, it hopefully it's self-sustaining, but it has to start somewhere. And this tournament might've been the start of that. And it's how I felt about World Cup qualifying for Canada soccer. And that's how I feel about this World Cup for uh, Canada basketball. So Adam, you're telling me that Mike Bartlett's going to start suing the men's team. <laughs> and... that part yeah, I don't, I don't think, no, I'd, uh, obviously Mike Bartlett uh, <laughs> was very kind to me in Jakarta, really nice guy. And um, yeah, I don't think there's any animosity between Canada basketball and the players. Um, and, and really because the players make so much money, this is, they don't do this for the money, just like to put that out there. Like they do this because they love their country and they want to play for their country and, and get medals. Um, which is kind of cool to say they're they're a bronze medalist. I, I um, obviously maybe 48 hours ago before the Serbia game, I thought maybe gold medalist that that sounded nice. But honestly, the way it happened, I'm more than happy with the way they learned so much. This core, as you mentioned, Jonathan, just with contracts, like they're going to be, I, I imagine all seven NBA players will be there. And then adding Andrew Wiggins and, and Jamal Murray seems like a nice little touch. And then maybe another player too at the end of the roster, maybe an Andrew Nemard. But um, as you said, Adam, so eloquently, just it's going to make a huge paradigm shift in this country on who watches the team. Like I I know so many people through just Twitter and stuff that how they got hooked on the team was 2000, right? And now Canada is going to be out of the Olympics. They just won a bronze. They have all these NBA players, right? Um, It's a bit easier to know them when it's not just Steve Nash and, and, well, rest, uh, Todd McCullough, I guess, but um, it just, it's going to be different too than even 2000 and the likelihood that they're at Olympics and at world cups and getting medals is just going to be compounded down the future. I don't think that this feels like the start and that they're just scratching the surface. Not that it's, you know, they've, they've got to the mountaintop and they're going to slowly waste away and go down. It doesn't really feel like that at all. So what just what a performance what a tournament um i'm I'm definitely looking at flights to to lille and paris right now as we speak <laughs> um but uh is there anything else you want to add jonathan um no not really i think this was um a special run from a really special team um and yeah i'm just i'm lost for words really about what just happened um maybe it was just waking up too early but um yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the olympics um i'm looking forward to kind of seeing who's going to be on the team and doing some analysis there um 
but yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy we're going. I'm, I'm happy we're going and we got it done. And we're, we also went home with a bronze medal. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so guys, uh, the question, and I'm going to do this on the spot because this is fun. The first one is, is Canada getting a gold medal in Paris? Oh man, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 it's too early to think about it. I'm, I'm going to say no, because I mean, it's, it's, Oh, what a downer. Why did I say no? Yeah. <laughs> well, then who, who, okay, we can okay, rephrase of course, it. Of course, they're going to get a gold medal. Who are they, who are they going to lose to the U.S.? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, like, like, probably not, but it doesn't really even matter. I don't, I mean, obviously, if they were, they would matter a lot, but I don't think the expectation is that they're going to win gold. The team will probably think that they can win gold. Um, they'll be one of, you know, probably seven teams that could win it. Because uh, there's a few teams in there, like Japan will be there, and they're not going to win it. South Sudan's not going to win it. There's a few teams that their 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 Olympics, like they, their wins, was just to qualify for the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, which is totally entirely fine. But um, probably there'll be probably seven teams that that can win it, and they'll be among that group feeling like they can, and probably feeling uh, even better than they feel with this group. Because I think as good as this team was, there were some vulnerabilities. I think we saw it against Serbia, the lack of size. Maybe that's something they can dip into their NBA pool to address a little bit, although there's not a ton of size in the NBA yeah, pool. Yeah. Um, and then certainly, the, I mean, like, you can't play SGA the way you played them today with Jamal Murray on the floor. So that's well, another they're, thing. They're right? not, right? Right. Like you, you can't, you can't double team them. You can't stunt on them. You can't like that, that the way the Americans played the SGA today doesn't work when you have, you know, 27 on the floor too. And, uh, and if you add a Wiggins to that mix that even, you know, emphasize that point even more. So, so I think, I think there are vulnerabilities to the team uh, that they'll address. They'll feel, I think they'll feel like they probably can, or maybe even should win a medal. Um, there's going to be a better version of France. There's going to be a better version of, you know, basically every single one of these world powers. We don't know who's going to qualify through the, the the last chance tournament yet, but um, you know, Serbia will have Jokic there. I'd imagine it's going to be a better tournament in terms of quality, but I think they can definitely medal. And I would say they have an outside chance at a gold. Mm-hmm. No, no, for sure. I, I definitely think uh, they're going to be a medal contender, which is pretty fun to think about. And uh, yeah, no, well, thanks so much guys for doing this. Um, if, just what a, what a win like just to win to beat the USA to feel as though they um were right there on the precipice of winning and then that Mikhail Bridges three and you're thinking oh here we go again and then they you come know, back I, I just saw a tweet about it and like you know I think uh he it was something about like a lane violation from yeah him, he, like, he jumped he he, yeah. he he shot and then uh because you're not actually allowed to go like over the line until until the um until the ball hits the rim um so to be like chris paul you know talking about like oh it's a delay a game but i'm just saying you know we could have avoided all of this yeah um, it's better we got it it's better think about it i tweeted this right after the game i'm like michael bridges Mm. the stupidest thing he could have ever done was make that shot because (laughs) one minute later sga snatches ankles and hit a three or hit a, I don't know, long <laughs> whatever. And then, and then the next for the next four minutes, he had to listen to Dylan Brooks get MVP chance. So he really, the joke was on him at the end of the day. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, just and then just I don't know. I just felt so confident after they had that start. It just like okay, we're we're up six, we're up seven. Um, their defense took it up a notch. Um, I thought Dwight Powell played really well. Lou Dort was interesting. 
but great defensively as always. Um, <laughs> it's always a good the, way to describe that, That's Lou the Lou Dort, Dort experience. Yeah, I know Thunder yeah. fans are always so upset with his shot selection. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, that's... that's, that's it got better at the end of the game. He just didn't take any, so it was... Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was love a bit better. I love Lou. Uh, there's one thing I want to add, actually. There was... So I was stressed after... Um, obviously, after Mikhail Bridges hit that three. I was kind of in shock a little bit. There's two ways teams respond to that. They either fold or... They think, holy crap, we were so close. And I don't want to go home tonight and think about how close we were. So we got to actually get this done. Right. I was really stressed. And then they were about to inbound the ball. I think RJ was inbounding it uh, to start overtime. And the, the the camera punches in on SGS face. And he just makes this face like, don't worry. It was like the, the, the facial version of the DeMar DeRozan, don't worry, I got us. Like it was, a, <laughs> it was he just goes like, like so it was something very casual, something very shaky. And in that moment, I'm telling you that all of the anxiety I had disappeared. Like I just, it's it's the true superstar trait. Maybe I'm, maybe not everyone felt the same. No, way. no, no. When no. he made that face, like it was a total. Don't worry about it. Face that that overtime, I just felt like we were gonna win. And then you know, sure enough, they're up eight before you even know, and they never really look back in overtime. But it, it, there's something about having a guy like that with that demeanor. He was so cool in that moment. It's like nothing can phase him. Nothing flaps him. Like they just had the most heartbreaking shot hit against them that any of them will ever experience in their life. And he just, you know, just basically like, all right, I guess I got to score 10 more points than I expected today. Like it was, it was, it was just unbelievable. And that cut sort of calm just reflects on the entire team. No, I was going to add to that. Just, uh, I know I talked to Jonathan about this on a couple of pods, but in that Spain game where he makes that big shot over, I forget the, Spanish player, I think it was Oliver. Um and Clavar, that's it. Yeah. Clavar. Um, and he's walking to the bench. And there's a video of Muad Issa. Uh, or I think that's how you say his name, but he was really nice to me. Canada basketball kind of uh, does all their media. Um, took had the video of him and he's just walking like calm, calm, you know, we're we're good. We're up to like it's not a big deal. Just you know, uh, I always think of that MJ shot he hits over j- the jazz in game one. Yeah, and he makes it, and it's like I've, this is just a regular shot. That's Everyone's storming at him. <laughs> He's just like, okay, good, got game one, on to the next, right? And that's really it's like the a way. Kawhi thing. It's yeah, the same yeah. thing for Raptors fans. It's the same thing we felt about Kawhi. He hit the biggest shot. I mean, okay, that one shot he yelled, but that was just about it. Like he <laughs> yeah. he hit that other shot. I think it was game four against the Sixers where he was fading away. Oh my and god! Right yeah, I still remember and, where it was that that yeah for both, but yeah, and there's no reaction. And it's just like, it's just, just what I do. Like, just, you know, clocking in. I'm going to clock out soon. There's two minutes left in the game. Like, it's and, so, it's just, it's Star that gives, Trait. That gives you so much confidence as a team, right? It's like having a good goalie in hockey where it's just like, okay, we, you know, he has us, right? Um, I don't know why I brought a hockey reference into this, but it made sense. But overall, just what a player, the calmness, like, I I, I keep saying this. When they lost to Brazil, I was there and he was in the scrum and I asked him like what happened and it was like they lost in February in Philadelphia or something. It wasn't so in game 72 or or I guess more like 52, but uh, just nothing phases him. And that's what really, you know, as much as as talented as he is and how many amazing shots he made in this game, it's the, the mentality really change like is like the the last step or really sometimes the thing that pushes someone from a good or great player to like a superstar and you could really tell that with shay in this tournament and that's something you know he's a killer man like that kind of vibe right so uh 
it just what well, we're so lucky. I think Vivek Jacob said Shea like had a tweet saying Shea Gildas Alexander is Canadian. Um, and that's that's the vibe just to have a player yeah. like that who's the best player in this tournament, in my opinion, one of the best players in the world. Like they, they don't get here without him as good as everyone else was, as good as Dylan Brooks was. They aren't in the Olympics. They aren't bronze medalists without him. And to have that type of player who might even be arguably if Jokic isn't there um, in at the Olympics, maybe the best player at the Olympics. And that's pretty cool to say. Right. Um, and uh, he's Canadian. And uh, thank God his mom went to the Olympics because I think that's a big motivating factor for him <laughs> wanting to go to the Olympics and, and playing right now for for Canada. Yeah, well, um is if there's anything else to add i can keep going but uh i don't want to make this a 48 hour pod of just us going on on rants and how excited we are but what what a win what a finish um i would not want to talk with anyone else but you two uh just you canadian basketball sycophants maybe scott witter that'd be kind of cool oh yeah Um, him wearing like a dylan brooks t-shirt that he showed to dylan brooks (laughs) yeah dylan brooks oh what do you think scott's doing right now he's probably he's asleep i don't know people are like where is he i don't know because he's in on the the pacific time zone right so yeah he's in la so he's on a beach i'm sure later today he's gonna be on a beach with a couple beers wearing a dylan brooks t-shirt and people are gonna (laughs) dap him up and say yeah you're canadian or something this was i gave him a canada basketball hat so he better be freaking wearing it too (laughs) this uh, was his super bowl man i can't believe you missed it yeah that's um wow this for all the Dylan Brooks fans, especially today for Canadians, but more importantly for Dylan Brooks. Fans. I also like how, how Canada's really like, like clean, like reclaimed Dylan Brooks, you know, mm-hmm. for a bit, it was like, oh man, like it was, I mean, I always claimed Dylan Brooks. I was always, I'm a big fan of his shit. Like I'm a fan of, <laughs> I'm a fan of his antics. Like I love, I love yeah. that stuff. Um, but when, you know, I feel like some people turned on him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone's sort of reclaimed him, at least in this country. So that it's great to see. I'm so happy for the guy. Yeah, no, I, I there was a the, the tweet recurring or on uh, on Twitter, um, of of Shams tweeting like Memphis has decided not to br- bring him back, and I just I tweeted, tweeted it. I just I, I just tweeted oops, <laughs> I was yeah. like oops, yeah, I think, I think I they made a mistake right after the game because yeah. I because I always think about it, it's the dumbest thing in the like. Anyways, I already went on this random. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> but, so uh, frustrating, yeah. man. We reclaimed him. Um, I don't know who else we're reclaiming. I want to say shout out to Phil Scrub Carlton. I'm a Carlton yeah. alum, so pretty cool to to see him. I saw him all as a kid, so pretty cool to see him get a medal. Kelly Olynyk and Dwight Powell, Melvin Edgem, those guys getting a bronze medal, especially like Mel and and uh, Kelly and Dwight who who were there in 2015 and went through all that pain, and uh, some of them were there in 2021. And now to to be going to the Olympics, hopefully, I I I I don't know how you guys feel, but I would love to have Melvin Edgem just like the twelfth man on this roster, just for everything he's done. That'd be pretty cool. Um, if if they can sneak it in, it's weird that they only have twelve roster spots, not fifty. It is, it's actually not weird. It's dumb. It's it's dumb, dumb. especially on, if they're like two guys. Like look at the USA. They have. I mean, I know Brandon Ingram was was sick, um, or, or dealing with stuff, and like they have they only have eleven guys. Like what? Oh, and no, then yeah. today they only have nine. Jared no, no, I know, Allen but just in general, like maybe oh, they yeah. aren't as sick because it's a bronze medal, but still to to only have 12 roster spots that yeah. that sound it's the most FIBA thing ever, but uh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll worry about that next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you guys so much for, for doing this. Um and everyone check out uh 
Adams uh, Crates of Freights, a uh, great follow on anything, uh, well, anything sports related, really. Adam knows as much as anyone I know. And then obviously Jonathan Chen has everything uh, Canada basketball. So thanks so much, you two, for, for taking the time and doing this. At uh, I mean, it's not an ungodly hour now, but we've been up since th- 3, 4 a.m. Yeah, so yeah. I appreciate it. Take a good nap. Um, and then uh, I'll I'll definitely be wearing my Canada basketball stuff uh, later today and enjoying the sun. So like yes, Scott yes. Witter, like Scott Witter <laughs> to, to shout him out. But uh, thanks again, guys. And uh, let's definitely do something uh, next summer when Canada wins a gold. So that's that's how we that's how we end off. But uh, thanks again, guys. Take care. Yeah, thanks.